Okay, so as I mentioned, this is a study that will be loosely organized around the book with the same name by Donald Whitney. Jeremy said there's just copies available. However, the book is not necessary, okay? The book, if, if you're going to miss a week, it might be helpful. Um, it's just a good way to sort of organize our thoughts on this, and I thought Whitney had some good points to be made about spiritual disciplines, and we'll get into all that. There's also a study guide, if you're a real overachiever, that is available. I've looked through it. It's, it's decent. I mean, it's some study guides, if you've ever bought one, you're just like, wow, this really was not very helpful. It, it's, it's okay. It's got some good questions in there that may help as well. So what was sort of the, um, the genesis for this study? Well, it might be because we've been going through James, which is such a practical book, um, that this idea of a, um, a study for spiritual disciplines sort of was taking hold as I was looking for something. Um, I hope that this will be a practical study. I hope that um, it will be interactive, too. I'm, I'm hoping for good feedback from uh, the body here as we move through it. And to be honest, um, looking through this and studying through this, these are things I wish I had known as a younger Christian. I really wish that... Um, you know, a dozen years ago, someone had really stressed the importance of what we'll call the spiritual disciplines and, and, and the, the way it can change or, or provide growth in our life. Um, we become Christians, and, and God blesses us, his people, his children, with this desire for fellowship with him, okay? We have this new desire that we didn't have before. I want to draw near to God. I want to be transformed by God. I want to be changed by God. Um, but there is a problem. Christians have, have this problem. We worship and serve a holy God. In Exodus 3, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take, off your, take the sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Psalm 96, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. And one more verse here for you, though there's many others we could find. Exodus 15, 11, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness? Awesome and glorious deeds doing wonders. So the problem is we worship and serve a holy God. And more than that, the God we serve is particularly and intimately connect, concerned with the conduct of his people. God is a holy God and he cares very much about the actions of his people. Leviticus 11.44, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy. 1 Peter 1.15, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And John 14.15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We have a holy God that we want to draw near to and that we want to be transformed by, who's very concerned with the conduct of his people. And by the way, we're talking specifically now about um, the actions we take and the lives we lead 
And it's not something we can fake, okay, because we're dealing with God here, and God knows us in a way that no one else can. Um, There's a great quote that's part of a larger paper by John C. Ryle about prayer. Um, The question is one that none but you can answer. Speaking of prayer, whether you attend public worship or not, your minister knows. Whether you have family prayers in your house or not, your relations know. But whether you pray in private or not is a matter between yourself and God. We have this God who's very concerned about our conduct. So this struggle for Christians, this struggle for holiness, um, it's always been a focus of God's people. Um, we uh, We could read about Paul saying, For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do is not what I keep on, but the evil I want not to do is what I keep on doing in Romans 7. Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 6, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. So even these great biblical figures struggled with this holiness every day. They struggled um, mightily because we have to look at ourselves honestly and remember what the mirror shows us, okay? We know we're not as holy as we, are, as we should be. We know how holy our God is, and we must examine ourselves honestly and without self-deceit. Um, thankfully, as Christians, we are promised that we will be conformed to Christ's holy image one day. 1 John 3, 2, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. We know that one day we will be holy as we desire to be holy. We will not have to struggle in the way we struggle now. Um, And that's a wonderful promise and something we certainly hold fast to um, So on the one hand, we know that one day we will be made holy. So why such a struggle? Well, on the one hand, we know that one day we'll be made holy, but on the other hand, we are summarily warned against inactivity and passivity. We are called to strive for this holiness. um, And and. Synonyms that uh, Whitney uses throughout the book and that I'll probably use some. When you say holiness, you can say Christ-likeness. You can say godliness, synonyms, to be more Christ-like. And here's a very important, this is one of the sort of cornerstone verses for this study. Hebrews 12, 14. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So on the one hand, Will we be transformed and made holy one day? Yes, 100%. I believe that like I believe the sun will rise in the morning. But on the other hand, Christians have a mandate to strive to work for this holiness, to become more godly. Um, And that is something that we we dare not, you know, brush off. Um, And we cannot just continue as we are. So the question we must answer, which is the focus for this class, to bring it all back in here, is how can we make progress in becoming more Christ-like? Again, I want this to be a practical study. Like, we see that we have a holy God who's concerned about how we act. 
we see on the one hand that we will eventually be made holy, but on the other hand, we are called to strive in an active way here, now, and today. So, how can we make progress? Because to make no progress in your spiritual life is, is, is a dangerous thing. There's a quote from the author that when I read just shook me to the core. And here's the quote. I've seen Christians who are faithful to the church of God, who frequently demonstrate genuine enthusiasm for the things of God, and who are committed to the preaching of the word of God, yet who trivialize their effectiveness for the kingdom of God through lack of discipline. And I wish that I could go back, like I said, a dozen years ago and tell my younger self that, that this, um, that pursuing this holiness through these disciplines, God can use to change your life. And it could be the difference between you being the same person with all the good intentions and, you know, 10 years from now, or drawing near to God so that he can transform you and make you a more Christ-like Christian in 10 years from now. Um, So we will be examining what Whitney has coined spiritual disciplines by which we can allow God to work in our lives so that we can become more Christ-like, so that we can bear the fruit of the Spirit. Also, we, this can allow us to grow and mature in the faith. Hebrews five thirteen through 15, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. We want to mature and progress. We want to draw near to God. That's that desire we have. Also, we want to allow God to work in our lives so that we can enjoy the full assurance of our salvation. I've got a... I think that um, assurance is kind of a hot-button word, something that comes up a lot. Um, There is... But that assurance, that active assurance, that day-to-day assurance that God is transforming me and I am drawing near to God and I can see His work day-to-day in my life, that is a type of assurance... And Second um, Peter addresses this, and I'll read to you um, uh, verse 5 and 6 and also 10, speaking about assurance and drawing near to Christ. For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and your virtue with knowledge, and your knowledge with self-control, and your self-control with steadfastness, and your steadfastness with godliness. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. It is, it is a daily renewal that can be just such a joyful experience to walk closely with God and to be experiencing the, trans, the transformative power of His Spirit in our lives so that we don't have to say in 20 years from now, what spiritual progress have you made? Are you more holy? Have you drawn more close to God? Has God changed your life? And you don't have to wonder and say, I don't know but to be able to say that, no, God has changed me. We don't change ourselves, and we're going to talk about that. This is not self-improvement, okay? But to allow God to change us, to make us more Christ-like, it is a wonderful thing. 
So if we had to slap a definition on the spiritual disciplines, I'll let Whitney's own definition stand here. So the spiritual disciplines, according to the author, are activities given by God in the Bible as sufficient means that believers in Jesus Christ are to use in the spirit-filled, gospel-driven pursuit of godliness. That is, closeness to Christ and conformity to Christ. And the list we'll be covering, which is more or less the same list in the book, we may modify it slightly, are as follows. And we'll be doing these in the upcoming weeks. Bible intake, prayer, worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, silence and solitude, and perseverance. So these are are, are somewhat of our list here for spiritual disciplines. So when we first read this list, you might ask yourself, isn't this all just a little bit rudimentary? Is this a little basic? Um, It's simply not controversial that these practices are good. Anybody can say that, right? I don't think we're going to get a ton of pushback. They're like, no, those aren't good things. You shouldn't be doing those things. But aren't they, why even address this? A little basic? Well, to answer that, I would ask, what is it that makes a mature Christian? Do we mature in Christ by finally accessing some hidden spiritual practice? No, we don't. This is not Gnosticism. There's not a a hidden knowledge that only upper-level Christians get. I would argue we mature by fully developing these spiritual disciplines as described in Scripture. Because, and, and again, analogies with this can be very clunky, but the difference between a, an absolute amateur, a beginner in many things, and someone who we would consider to have complete mastery is the development of those basics and the practice of them, the faithful practice over a long time. And they can serve you. God can use these disciplines to serve you in a great way. Let's, I'll, I'll provide another sort of clunky example here, but see what, see what you think. If tomorrow a situation were to arise and you had to run and your life depended on it, something arose and it's like, I've got to run today to save myself. Would you want it to be the first time that you had seriously run in 10 or 12 years? No. You're going to have to think about that, okay? What if tomorrow a question about doctrine that required discernment and knowledge of the scriptures arose and you had to seek and search an answer? Would you want it to be the first time in 10 or 12 years that you had deeply studied God's word to look for answers? No. And that's partly what I mean when I say that there is not this hidden level, this hidden spiritual secrets for becoming more Christ-like and becoming more godly. Um, it is the development and of these what might seem basic skills and Christ blessing those that has such 
you know, transformative power. One other, there's a freedom that comes through discipline. Um, many of you, if it, you may have heard of the 10,000 hour rule. Has anyone heard of that? That is not from the Bible, that's just a thing. 10,000 hours, many people believe that 10,000 hours of practice is what it takes to become proficient in a skill, it could be you know, instrument or something along those lines. The idea being that you have to put in a lot of time for something to become more natural, become second nature. And um, we may see a musician sit down and sight read a very difficult piece of music, okay? And they can just sit down and look at this page and read through it and you're like, that's incredibly impressive, right? But mastery of the basics, practiced over a long period of time, has given them that freedom to sit down and do what to someone who hasn't done that would seem utterly impossible, okay? Now again, we'll talk about, this is not self-improvement, and that's why some of these um, analogies can be a little bit clunky, but um, I would also, I would also um, urge you, to think about some of the heroes in the faith, okay? Names that we know. Saints that we look back on their life and you're like, wow, God used them in a mighty way within the church, within their country, to minister to others. Just off, off the top of my head, William Wilberforce, right? Famous English politician who fought a lifelong battle and was instrumental in ending the slave trade in Great Britain, okay? Godly man, as far as we can tell, and you think, Wow, he, you know, what, what an amazing thing to be known for. He got to see his life's work come to fruition right before he died. God blessed it. It was amazing. And then you think, wow, well, how did he become such a, you know, a godly man? Well, I read somewhere that, you know, William Wilberforce used to uh, um, recite uh, Psalm 119 every day on the way as he walked to Parliament. Well, it's like 176 verses. Are you telling me that he memorized all that and he was just steeped in that scripture every day and God used him in a mighty way? And was there some secret there or was he just doing the basics but with practice over time developed? So I think when we, when we look at the lives of some of these saints, it's not a coincidence um, that many of them had um, that were very strong in what we're calling the spiritual disciplines and that God blessed that. Um, now, this is a quick warning here. What are, the, what are the spiritual disciplines not? And I want to be very clear on this, very clear. It is not works-based righteousness. You don't earn anything by doing this. You don't change yourself. Ephesians 1, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Whitney has a pretty uh, succinct passage in here that I like. We recognize that even the most iron-willed self-discipline will not make us more holy. Instead, it may make us Pharisees. So if you view the spiritual disciplines, wow, if I could just force myself to do these things and I'll be more holy than my neighbor who doesn't do these things or I just force myself to, 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 to read my Bible for 30 minutes every day, I'll somehow earn something from it or change myself from it. This is not self-help. This is not self-improvement. Matthew twenty three twenty seven. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs 
which outwardly are beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So this is not self-improvement. This is not you putting in the time. And that's why the athletic analogies are kind of hard to apply. That's why um, even the, you know, the, mus- uh, the musical analogies are, are difficult. This is different. Um, this is you, through the power of the Spirit, putting in time to develop these disciplines as prescribed in Scripture and God rewarding you with the fruit of the Spirit and a more Christ-like walk. We don't earn this. This is something God gives us. But it's very encouraging to know that God rewards these things. And that is a great comfort to us who are seeking to be more Christ-like and who want to make progress and grow and mature spiritually and have assurance and all these things. The spiritual disciplines are not an end in and of themselves. Remember, the goal here is Christ-likeness. The goal is to become more like Christ, okay? It's not fasting for the sake of fasting, okay? There's different reasons you could fast. It's not Scripture reading just for the sake of Scripture reading, you know, um, it is doing it to pursue Christ-likeness and knowing that he is the one who gives the increase. So the question for our study, what part can we play in becoming more like Christ? We must strive, but we do not directly increase our own Christ-likeness or directly earn spiritual maturity. This growth in holiness is a gift from God. John 17, 17. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. It is God who sanctifies us. It is God who makes us um, more holy. We want that. We desire that greatly. It's a difficult thing, but it is extremely worthwhile. And remember, developing these disciplines and these skills over time, God can use to completely transform you, to keep you from being unproductive, to keep you from making no spiritual growth over the next however many years God gives us on this earth. So that is, our, that is our stated purpose. That is our goal, my goal for this study. I hope you will find it practical. I would like it also to be um, interactive. We're gonna try and get really practical on some of these points, and part of that, I think, is to look across the body and, and hear from other brothers and sisters, what have you done that's been working you know, for you? Or if like, say you wanted to pray more, what is the strategy you've used that might be a blessing for everyone else to hear? I want these things to be practical. I want it to put us in a place where God can bless that. I want it to keep us from being that, um, those Christians who really have an affinity for God and for the church and for all these things, but really um, never become what they could have through the transformative work of the Spirit if we simply sort of take these things for granted. They may seem basic, but they are powerful and can be developed to a very um, a high level, and it's a wonderful blessing for us in a way that God can use it. Um, thankfully for all of you, you will not have to listen to me every single week up here. Due to some of the craziness of new fatherhood, I've been very blessed by a couple of men who have... Uh, volunteered to take, um, take upon themselves a couple of these topics. Um, we'll be hearing next week from Greg Rulak. We'll be starting with uh, Bible intake, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, 
So that is, like I said, that, those are the parameters for our study. Now, I went through a lot today, and I excised a few of my own notes to keep it from going super long. I'd love to hear back some feedback, though. Like, like what do you guys think? Do you have questions about the study, questions about why I picked this? I just, I really wish that I could go back in time and tell myself, you know, if you want to be a different Christian when you're 40 than when you were 20, these are powerful things. If you want to be a different Christian when you're 60 than you were when you were 40, if you want to allow God, if you really want to see God working in your life and having that joy and that assurance and becoming more Christ-like, it would be an awful thing to be a Christian for 40 years and for someone to ask you, you know, what progress have you made? You know, have you become more Christ-like? I mean, isn't that the, you know, one of the very stated goals of your faith? And you to say, well, I, I love God and I want to be Christ-like, but I don't know that I've really seen much growth. Not a lot of fruit of the Spirit popping up in my life. And I want to guard myself and all of us from that. Um, so yeah, questions. I'll be quiet for a while. Thoughts? Yeah. Barbara. How did you get Oh, <laughs> I... Yes, Barbara, I, I, can, I can print off a couple of these if you would like. There's some extra verses and references on there. Um, I didn't print them off today. I, I thought, I perhaps mistakenly thought you guys were really tired of my hands out, handouts after the whole Old Testament, but I'd be happy to print off a couple and I'll bring them next week. Yes, I, I, I will go through and edit this so it looks better and then I will bring some, Barbara. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to offend you with my uh, terrible editing skills, so I, I'll do what I can there. Scott, did you have a question? Could you remind us again of the disciplines covered in this class? Yes, absolutely. I'll read the list off again, which is more or less the same way it's organized in the book, more or less. Bible intake, prayer, worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, silence and solitude, and perseverance. And, and, and like I said, it, it, if you miss a week or, you know, the book will be helpful and will somewhat, you know, somewhat follow along with the book. Um, and I, I, would, I would go a little bit further and say um, one of the things I like about these spiritual disciplines is they're things that we see Christ doing in the New Testament. You know, we see that the, the early church doing. I mean, these are, um, these are basic, but they are tested and true. For instance, you know, we might be tempted in our busy schedule to um, brush off silence and solitude, but we can turn to the New Testament and we can say with confidence, if Jesus Christ, our Lord, had to get alone and pray to his Father during a time of great difficulty, do not think that we can skip this. Sounds basic. It's very important. So that's the list. Um, and like I said, I, I just want us to get past the whole like, well, that seems like something you teach in Sunday school. It's basic. And then we move on to the bigger and better things. Let's not fall into that trap. Greg. I was just going to say that uh, as one in here that's experienced all the age levels that you were referring to. <clears throat> I forget. Sorry. That uh, it doesn't change. Uh, as a young person, you think, well, this will be far easier or I'll be different mm -hmm. or some something magical is going to happen and when I'm 40 it'll be different than when I'm 20 mm -hmm. well it only will be if you do something about it mm -hmm. 
I mean, the, the same problems, the same struggles, the same impediments are there in whatever age group you're at. Uh, in fact, you get to a point where your ability to deal with these things become less. Not, not, it's not easier, it's harder. It becomes harder. Uh, you, you, you peak. Uh, I don't know when it was, but it's sometime in my past. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's good to hear, and that's good perspective um, that, again, that the questions, that the problems we face still continue, and that we still have the same tools with which to fight for that holiness, so we want to develop those again to a higher level. That's Greg. He, he's already ready to start <laughs> next week. I can tell. Greg. This is really just Lee's question. She just didn't want to ask it. She was over here, uh, you know, bad-mouthing you, and she was asking... Well, <laughs> you know, Lee right. wants to know why all of the spiritual disciplines that you listed mm-hmm. seem like personal, like just yes. for the individual. Yes. What about fellowship? What about these other spiritual disciplines that involve yes. others? And I should give the author credit. He does make a delineation between personal spiritual disciplines and corporate spiritual disciplines. We'll be mostly covering the personal ones because like that quote about prayer, it was just, first of all, that's the major focus of the book. Second of all, it was, I felt like that was the area in which we could most effectively address it in a way that would encourage growth within the body. Um, That if all of us are developing these disciplines in a way or giving them, um, giving them, um, giving them weight in a way that maybe we haven't in the past, that it corporately would be good for us. And again, I want to be very clear here. This is not self-help. This is not a magic two-step program where you do these things and you earn this. That is Phariseeism. That's works-based righteousness. We dare not go there because our salvation, our sanctification, are gifts from God. But on the other hand, I wanted to warn against the whole, well, we'll be sanctified and holy someday. <sighs> you know... Striving is hard, you know, and no, that if Paul had to strive and struggle, we won't get past that either. So, so we, we must be in the middle, but it is basically the major focus of the book, and I thought it was the one I could most effectively address the personal spiritual disciplines as opposed to the corporate. Well, I totally agree with what you just said, and Greg's not accurate what he <laughs> said, but the other uh, thing is that yes, it is so true because, I mean, my life of being a Christian. I mean, I'm one of those people that was like a Christian for oh, 40 years. Oh, that sounds terrible. Anyway, uh, and for the first many, many years, I didn't really read the Bible on my own because I kind of just thought, well, I heard it at church. I have a good memory. I know all that yep. stuff. Yep. But the amazing part is when you really do start reading it yourself, it gets more and more interesting and more what he said what when then you got to go find out why did he say that and yeah. all this stuff so oh. it really does pay off for your own self to do it individually yes. so i'm yes. totally on board and this with is the you. kind of feedback and suggestion that i'm hoping to get with all of these topics some of us may be really strong in some of these spiritual disciplines and some we may have hardly addressed at all i can tell you that me personally other than a few times in the last few years have not had much personal experience with fasting Shocking, I know. However, I, I, I fully intend that we will cover that and that it will be a blessing. And there may be some people here who'd never considered it who will say, you know, Jesus fasted. 
you know, maybe this is something that God would like me to, you know, to work at as an example, but it could be other things that was well. I mean, it's a large list here. And again, the, the danger is to look at it and think it's basic. But like Lee was saying, oh, you mean those basic things work? And if I practice them over a long period of time, God can bless that so that the prayer of someone who's been actively praying for 10 years might look very different from the prayer of someone who's like, okay, how do I do this first time, but I'm going to pray? Yes. Yes, and it's God who gives that increase, and that's what I would wish and hope for all of us here um, to keep us from being ineffective. Other Wait, question. I just Sister. A, brother, I just had a comment <laughs> that um, it, it's just, I read this introduction a little bit, and it kind of hits you in the face because he talks about we can be so disciplined in so many areas of our lives, whether that's our career or at home or cleaning the house or being prepared for you name it, um, and then there's a little quote in here. He talks about um, kind of the perseverance of these disciplines and how it's not just this quick thing and all these other items in our life that we can spend hours and days and years and months doing to be disciplined. And then um, he talks about how people will give up quickly if they find that the spiritual disciplines don't come easily as though becoming like Jesus would not take much effort. And that's kind of like, ooh, it's That's a good right. point, um, and we do, you know, I agree. That's a good point. We do tend to exercise discipline more in the areas that are dear to us. I think most of us here would be happy to spend an hour or two meeting with a financial advisor if he had information so we could adjust our 401k so that we'd get a half a percent higher rate of return every year because we would think, wow, in 40 years, that's going to be really significant. So the idea, you know, what you're, what you're, what you're putting in for the value you get out of it and like you said, it has to be over, the, it's that over time, it's that consistency. You could, as an aspiring music student, I keep going back to these analogies, they're hard to avoid. You could have, you, you want to be a concert pianist, and you have the best two-hour practice session of anybody ever. And you practice for two hours, fully committed, you really work at it. Will that make you a concert pianist? No, absolutely not, 100% No. Because one session, you know, is not the same as years and years of practice. And, the, and, and the, the risk is limited spiritual discipline could lead to limited spiritual progress. And again, it's not that we earn it. This is increase that is given by God. I, I want to be very clear on that point. But um, like I said, that's what I would want for everyone. Yes, Donna. Um, are you going to have... Uh, is there a chapter or something on fasting? Because Yes, ma'am. So I won't ask a question about it. I'll wait until you have the thing. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. And like I said, I, I fully expect that some of these disciplines will seem more familiar to us than others. Um, I want to very lovingly, carefully unpack the ones we're more familiar with and also lovingly unpack and look at the ones that maybe we don't do as often. Because, uh, you know, pro we'll probably all have one or two in here that we're stronger on than others. So that's great. And um, any other questions? Like I said, we'll be starting off with Greg. Uh, let's also remember that we have two, uh, two Sundays in, um, in August that we have missionaries visiting. Okay, those are in the bulletin. So those two Sundays, obviously, we won't be here. But um, other than that, we'll, mar we'll start marching on through our list here. And uh, I'm excited about it. I hope you guys find it useful. That's my prayer. Um, any other questions? 
Stacy. I don't have a question. I just wanted to say thank you, first of all. Sure. Um, it's an encouraging thing to offer to us. And I wanted to share testimony to an experience that um, Jacob and I had in a formal Bible study, something similar along the lines of doing something real practical in our growth as uh, believers. And um, he and a, a fellow uh, Bible study member co-led on uh, a study of the one another's. Mm-hmm. So we spent a good year going through the one another's weekly and um, God just worked so powerfully through that because each week we were challenged to think about spe- very specific practical things to do. And it got to the point where things like um, you could bless the hosting uh, family of the Bible study, for example, by pulling out the broom and sweeping before you leave or anyway, that kind of thing. And it was just God really did a great work in the study, in the individual lives, and really knit our hearts together. It was really beautiful. It was such a wonderful opportunity to be a part of something like that. So uh, thank you for you know, taking the time to pray and consider this. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You bet. And thank you for that encouraging word. Like I said, I, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Praise God for that. And, and I hope that we, hear, that we get more of those kinds of stories. That's, that's a wonderful thing. Um, but yeah, here's, here's, uh, we just did the intro today. If you guys want to procure this book, you can. It's not necessary, um, but it may be useful to some. I will print off my notes for this morning and have a stack of those for next Sunday. Um, that we can, you can look over the basics if you'd like to see them. And I, I'm very thankful to the men who have uh, volunteered to help teach a few of these studies as I'm a new daddy again. So, yes, Carol. Um, <clears throat> well, Kathy has something to say here first, and I'm going to tag on. Sure, please. Well, and going back to the analogy of, you know, putting these things into practice with the spiritual disciplines and also with music, you know, we both have to keep practicing, and we have to keep practicing hard, you know, and the older we get, <laughs> the more we have to practice, so it's not like you really, you know, ever yeah. get there, yeah. and it, I think it's the same thing with the... Thank, thank you. I, I was afraid you were going to tell me I got my musical analogy all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if these two musicians have to keep practicing, yes, then we do. Deb. Excellent musician. Deb, do you still have to study? Do you still practice? Oh, yes. Sorry. Go ahead, Carol. Yes, go ahead. Um, no, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my fault. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's... it's um, I, I, had a, I have a friend who was a roommate in college, and um, in my young Christian life, he, this staying kind of stuck with me. He said, in, he said coasting is always downhill. And um, so it is in the Christian life. If you think you've attained mm-hmm. and you get on a just kind of a regular schedule and you're just coasting, mm-hmm. it, you're, not, you're not maintaining. You're going downhill. And um, so I was just... No, it's really good. Yeah. A, a year and a half ago, I, I, attempt, I started a class on spending regular time with God. And then COVID hit, and then it went to Zoom, and then it fizzled out altogether. And... But uh, it's the, the regular, regular meeting with God. And I just thought of a verse you, you guys all know probably now. This, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same likeness from one degree of glory to another. And this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So 
meeting with God and seeing God regularly, that's what transforms us into his likeness. No, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that's thank you for that. Thank you for the verse and and it's a good analogy. Like like coasting in the Christian life, you will never be able to just stop pedaling and continue to make progress. Now our God is faithful and he will bless, you know, the effort you, that you put in. He will work through the spirit to give you the energy to put it in. But again, we have very clear warnings against just doing nothing and waiting for things to change. So I think that's fantastic. Um, thank you. Anything else? Oh, Lois. You, you've probably already told us what Greg's going to be talking about next week, but is there, uh, if the books are available, would it be helpful for us to have read, bef- read the chapter before? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Greg will be doing um, Bible intake, which actually comprises the first two chapters um, of the Bible, but be encouraged. It's not a great deal of reading. You can get through two chapters pretty easily. It's a pretty straightforward book. It's, it's, um, and again, I think you can come and be blessed by, by it without, but if you would like to read it so it's kind of in your head already or maybe have some familiarity with some of the verses, that would be great. Um, so, yes, uh, the first, first two chapters. Yes, Greg. So, yeah, Bible intake, just script, uh, scriptural intake of various kinds. Just to add to what Jake said is the book is not necessary, but there's a reason we're using the book. So there's a lot of value if you wanted to just for your own personal growth, you know, see what Whitney says um, and, and how he handles, you know, like you were saying earlier, the introduction or Bible intake or prayer. You know, we're not going to be going through everything word for word what he says, but you may find it valuable to get a second hearing on it other than, you know, what uh, us and others are going to be providing as far as instruction on the, the, the spiritual disciplines. Can you tell us the name of Spiritual... <clears throat> Must have been a donut. <laughs> spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. That's W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. Donald S. Whitney. And the same name as the class. Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Uh, I know the bookstore has some. Amazon has them. They have the study guides. It's not incredibly expensive. Um, it, it's a simple, easy-to-read paperback. It's not like a some real academic tome. You won't have any trouble getting through it. Anything else? Oh, yes. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. I know that you're going to use the book mostly. Is that correct? Mostly, yeah, as a guide. You okay, know, I, so can I assume the order of the spiritual disciplines will be in the book? Yes. And that's what you yes. will cover yeah, each that, week? Yeah, that is, that is our intent, to okay. move through it in that way. And one of the last ones, as a matter of fact, I think the last one, which I think fits in nicely, is perseverance. So that, that's a, a timely way to end, uh, end the study. Um, for... Generally speaking, we will use it as a guide, and generally speaking, we'll move through it somewhat in that, uh, uh, in that order, just as a way of organizing our thoughts. There's different ways you could do it. It's for convenience, and if you happen to be following along at home to try and make your, your at-home follow-along a little easier. So I'm sure you guys are all ready to get out. Does anyone have any closing questions? Question.
So, in my question, when I Lucy read the books to the church in Holler Baptist, we Lucy read tons of scriptures, and they're talking about a story about how they were talking about in the, in the New Testament of Romans. There's the new book of Romans about state Pauls. Uh-huh. Yes, did a study in Romans. Well, I hope that, I hope that was helpful. I, I know that some, some verses in Romans came up as I was working through the intro to this, so hopefully you'll see some crossover there too. So thank you for that. All right, guys. Well, um, you're all dismissed. Thank you so much. Have a great week. See you here next week.